Adam 12. Adam 12. Cop Talk America's on the air. Copy. Put me 10-6. I'm tuning into Cop Talk America. Welcome to Cop Talk America, where police discuss the job, answer questions, and respond to law enforcement hot topics around our great nation. With over 100 years combined law enforcement experience, here's your host. Welcome to Cop Talk America, everybody. Uh, today, I'm Chad. I'm joined with uh, Jeff and Jarvis today, just, just the three of us doing the show. It's good to see everybody. I haven't been able to uh, make it here for the last several shows because... Some of us still have jobs and still have to go to work, so it's kind of rough to make it every once in a while. So it's, it's, well, yeah. it's <laughs> so so it's good seeing everybody. Anyway, um, we'll start off the show like we always do. Um, give our Cop Talk America condolences to our brothers and sisters in blue who have lost in the line of duty um, this past week or so. Uh, Special Agent in Charge Leo Khan, who was part of the United States Army Criminal Investigation Division. Uh, his end of watch was Tuesday, April 30th. Uh, canine officer Jordan Harris Sheldon of the Morrisville Police Department, North Carolina. His end of watch Saturday, May 4th, 2019. Police officer Robert McKeithen of the Biloxi Police Department, Mississippi. End of watch Sunday, May 5th, 2019. We will discuss him later. Police officer Anthony Neri. Of the Sanibel Police Department, Florida, his end of watch, Monday, May 6th, 2019. And Trooper Matthew Elias Gotti, Tennessee Highway Patrol, Tennessee, his end of watch, Monday, May 6th, 2019. Um, our condolences and our thoughts and prayers are with these officers and with their families. And at that count, that brings the total in 2019 to 40 law enforcement officers killed in the line of duty. So, anyway, we'll start off the show now with uh, news out of Crazy Fornia once again and their uh, proposed measures that they have to limit the use of force that police can use in uh, shootings right now. This is Bill 392, which is they're attempting to pass in, through legislation. California lawmakers proposed a bill to limit when police officers can use deadly force. The Police Accountability and Community Protection Act says officers can open fire only when it is necessary to prevent imminent and serious bodily injury or death. It shifts the standard for deadly force from reasonable to necessary in an attempt to try and get officers to de-escalate the situation before firing their weapons. Well, Jeff, we'll let you start off with this one. I mean, basically, we, we, we see the, the huge change right here, which, which is maybe it doesn't seem like a big deal, to your everyday citizen out of there changing uh, just the verbiage from reasonable to necessary but in law enforcement i mean that's that's huge right there yeah what i'd like people to do is try to picture you're out of your squad car you're chasing after someone it's dark uh you've been told the individual has a weapon he's in, been involved in or was reportedly involved in some type of crime of violence as you're chasing him, suddenly he turns around. In less time than what I just talked, you had to make the decision of, was that a weapon? Wasn't that a weapon? Is he going to shoot me? Isn't he going to shoot me? And now we're saying, after you've made that decision in less than two seconds, was it necessary versus was it reasonable? The difference is reasonable. Based on my training and what I've done in my career, what I can see, what the human mind, how it works, 
and just basic training and the amount of training I've had, taking those factors into account and many others, was what I did, the decision I made in that short period of time. The question's not, was it right? It's, was it reasonable? Now they want to say, was it necessary? We're going to wait until the shooting happens, wait until we do the investigation, and then we're going to judge you after the fact. It's like watching a football game, thinking you know who the winner is. Now we're going to go look at all the film, make a call on all the different penalties, and we'll come back and let you know if it was the team that you thought won one. I mean, it's just it's unreasonable. And the only reason these people are trying to do this, the politicians, is because they want to play to the public. And it's not about facts. It's not about what the training of a police officer, who's just a human being trying to do his job or her job, can or can't do. It's about, for these politicians, it's about if I can keep you stirred up, if I can keep the country divided, if I can keep people into their different separate groups, and we don't sit here and try to look at something and decide, okay, this was an unfortunate incident, but practically there's no other way to do this. Remember, the officer wants to go home to his family and take care of his children and be with his wife. Yeah, and this whole legislation is, is stemmed from that 2018 shooting of uh, Stefan Clark, which how'd that begin at with, with a vandalism or something like that? It, it's dark. Uh, officers were chasing him through backyards and fences. Um, it looks like he has a handgun in his hand and turns and ends up being a cell phone and, and officers uh, fire fatal shots. Um, I mean, right there, that's, that's where the definition between reasonable and necessary is, is paramount. And, and there's a reason the Supreme Court, in ruling on this, made the decisions they made. And one of the statements clearly in the court's decision was, you cannot judge the conduct of the officer with hindsight. You have to go with what he knew at that time. And the reason they used the word reasonable and also it was on the standard of the reasonable officer standard, not a reasonable person, the reasonable officer taking his training and his experiences and then saying, would a reasonable officer in this situation do this? Never did the court say, was this right? Yeah, because, I mean, how many times in anything in life can you look at it and say, well, was that really necessary? I mean, that's what they'll look at in the Clark. They'll say, well, yeah, it's reasonable if you think you're going to be shot and killed, so you shot first before you could get killed. But afterwards, and to find out it was a cell phone, well, was that really necessary? And that's, I mean, it's for one reason, one reason only, it's just to make it easier to prosecute policemen. There it's, you go. It's leave them out there on their own. And, and, and the problem is, is this is another bill just, and, and if you read it, it just says activists, activists, activists. Activists are packing uh, the, the chambers. Activists are getting phone calls. I, I would love to see what, what a, a vote throughout even the entire state of crazy Fornia of, of how many people actually would vote for this legislation versus against it. Um, we've talked in, in past shows of that's where the people that believe that this is ridiculous and they want to back their police officers, they do think police officers are doing a good job, they need to pack the chambers. They need to make the phone calls because I promise you there's a whole hell of a lot more people out there, even though you'll never know it by looking, uh, listening to anything or, or reading anything in the media whatsoever, that back the police and know that the police is back or against the wall and think these laws are ridiculous. Unfortunately, their voices aren't heard. 
And again, folks, if you would go back to the fact of these officers are yelling at the individual to stop. These officers are plainly in uniform. These officers, uh, the individual that's being chased knows these are the police after them. If the person stops, turns around, and does as commanded by the officer, none of this happens. But what we've taken is the fabric of the country is changing. We don't have the nuclear family anymore. We don't have mom and dad raising kids and telling them when you deal with the police officer, be respectful, do this, do that, do the other. Instead, it's all about, well, you don't have to listen to this. And if you don't feel like that you're being treated properly, you stand up and you do. And I'm like, no, there are ways to do this. That's not it. When you're dealing in a situation which is when police officers don't like to say this but the police officer is fearful he knows his life he's mortal he could die and he's scared and anybody who won't sit there and understand officers react to things like human beings do because they're scared well you're just being foolish because you think they're machines and police officers are just officers or are human beings out there trying to do a very hard job making split-second decisions most of the times, just like officials at games, they're right. Once in a while, they're wrong. And when they're absolutely wrong and they're doing things in a wrong way, who do you think ends up being the ones that turn these people in and arrest them? Well, that would be other police officers. Doctors don't do that when they know there's a bad doctor. Other attorneys don't do that to bad attorneys. If a judge knows another judge is out drinking and whatnot and comes back in and sits at the bench drunk, they don't say anything. Policemen turn in bad policemen. And it says right here in this article, too, that that the California legislators are, are debating this legislation because largely to prevent shooting deaths of black and brown men. I mean, it doesn't say unnecessary, doesn't say unlawful, it doesn't say illegal shootings, it just says shootings of black and brown men, period. I mean, and yes, what, so I guess the white, it's okay for to shoot the white people, I guess, which all law enforcement officers shoot a lot more white people than they do black and brown people. But what about, I mean, give us, give us cases, you know, give us case scenarios other than, yeah, this officer was in fear for his life because he thought the kid had a gun and ended up being a cell phone. Well, that kind of stuff happens all the time. Um, and we've been so fortunate. I know, well, we, we had an incident of our department. Uh, I wasn't there, but I had talked to the officer as soon as he got back where it was, uh, I think it was 16 or 17. as was a teenager. was up in a bedroom, and he's yelling, I have a gun. I have a gun. Don't come in here. I'm going to kill you. And officer's bombing the steps, and he comes out around the corner at the top of the steps, and he, and he points right at the officer, and it, ended up being, it was like a cell phone or a wallet, but it wasn't a gun in his hand. And quite honestly, the officers should have shot him. They didn't. And I promise you they were terrified because something like this. Because if that would have been a real gun and if he would have done what he said he was going to do, he's yelling, I have a gun, I'm going to shoot you. And then he comes out and he tried to get the police to shoot him. Well, the police guessed right. And that's all it was, was a guess. What if they would have guessed wrong? You know, they're dead. And that's exactly what they want from this legislation. And things like this happen all the time, that the whole suicide by cop and they just want us to guess and just have to wait. It's almost it's almost like military, you know, don't fire until fired upon. And that's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, what we have to go through every single day, the, the, the pressure and everything else, and now you say, 
you're making us double guess when we're already double guessing ourselves. It's been bad enough. And they say that they, the, the, what one idiot says in here too, who's this moron? The Peace Officers Research Association of California President Brian Marvel. He's a genius. The country is watching. They are counting on California to lead when it comes to this. No, we are not. Nobody wants anything that comes from California to seep out to the rest of the nation whatsoever. We're actually hoping that you guys make a right decision and back your police officers for crying out loud. And speaking of that, what would be nice is there's a chief out there in Newman, California, and he came right out and said, you know, look, if these laws go through, you're going to need to put more officers' names on the memorial for the officers who have been killed. That's true. And what would be nice is if we saw chiefs of police, male, female, doesn't matter what they are, but all stand up, get a backbone, and literally start coming out and saying, enough is enough. My officers are out there making the hardest decisions anybody in this country has to make, and you're not giving them a fair break. Not going to get it for a break. And we hear about these cases where this happens where, you know, and, and these politicians then take these family members and use them. And this is reprehensible. They use these folks and they get their soundbite so they can sit here and say, look at me. I'm the good guy. I'm trying to stop the black man and the brown man from being killed by the police because they just come out and they drive down the street and that's their whole intent. And I'm like, the statement in, on its face is just ludicrous. It's reckless. It's dumb. And, and, and they're doing this, like, and they say in here, I mean, they're just trying to appease the activists. That's all they're but doing. But they have no idea the ramifications that this is going to have. And we've talked about it again and again. Nobody wants to be a cop anymore. It's a national crisis of of hiring right now. People are leaving the second they can. We can't hire anybody. You and the people we are going to end up hiring are going to be your policemen are going to be complete morons. They're going to be the guys with the throwing stars collections underneath their bed that are now carrying guns and policing your community because we're only going to get lunatics that actually want to have the power and stuff like that. And then you're really going to see issues um, because right now we have very well-trained, educated officers out there. That's going to change. People are going to decide to get their education in some other field because, I mean, we're seeing it left and right. We've had guys leave corporations, you know, because they want to be a cop. It's been the lifelong dream. They're on the street for a couple months and they say, F this. Nope. No way in hell am I going to do this. And we're losing these highly educated people who are coming in here. And because they're highly educated and they're saying, this is unreasonable. There's no way in the world I can do this. I cannot meet the standard that's being asked for. And let us not lose sight of this, folks. This is less than 1% of the public that's asking us to change. But for some reason, the politicians, the chiefs of police, the newspapers, they're listening to that loud little yeah. group. They only listen to the people they can see. Yep. When they, they, they only listen to people and they look out their window or the ones standing out there throwing a fit or the ones that are packing the city hall. That's why we say, if you don't want this to happen, have you be the one that they see when they look out the window. Unfortunately, they went to work. Yeah. You know, I know you got better shit to do. We understand that. But every once in a while, this this is going to be uh, very, very important. I mean, they're, they're raging. They're raising, you know, our retirement age. Um, and th- that's another huge hit. This is a pretty tough job. And, and it's a young man's job. I mean, I'm, I'm 48 years old, but, you know, I'm extremely, extremely fit. Is that all? Very well. <laughs> Wait a minute. He was going good no, with no. the extremely fit. But not too 
I was just opening that up for, for, for comment over there, too. I mean, because, like, you two old guys could never be a cop anymore now, because right? you're too old and too out of shape. But it, they would both just completely whip my ass right now if they wanted to. So. Thinking seriously about it. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's hard enough as it is right now. And to keep on going and, and to keep and to pass horrible legislation like this now you don't think this can actually pass you don't think this would be able to pass muster with the with the supreme court because this goes against pretty much what the supreme court which says is reasonable or i don't know to your knowledge can this actually pass and be upheld if the court stays the way it is in other words there's nine justices they're picked because of what they know and what they do and no it won't it won't have a chance but let us also remember, these same types of politicians now want to change those rules, want too. want to change the judges. Because we want to—everything has to be based on how we feel, you know. Uh, off can't, or off the radio show here, we were talking about, you have, you know, this woman would have been the governor of Georgia. It's called the podcast. Podcast. I know you still got your AM radio out there you're listening to. This is, this is technology stuff we it's, got here. It's a, it's a podcast. I got a boombox, Anyway, so— okay. Anyway, go ahead. We uh, we have this woman who would have been the governor of Georgia if the minorities had just been allowed to vote, but we suppressed them. And and of course, the facts are that uh, exactly the opposite: more minorities voted in this election than in any, and they just lost. But the problem is because we don't want to hear that. We don't. That certain groups in this country don't want to hear facts. They just want. I'm going to make a statement because it makes me feel good, and don't anyone question that my facts aren't right. And then you have this other, this whole younger group now that's, and again, stereotyping to a degree, because it's not all the guys, it's not all the younger people, but it's the loud group that's still getting, everybody looks at, and you're like, you got to stop. And you kids that are in college that, you know, you're on the more conservative side and you're afraid, stop being afraid. The fear of what's going to happen is generally worse than what will really happen. If you just stand up to things, You'll find out if you do it, the next guy does it. But when no one does it, then it just falls apart. You just got to learn to stand up to things and say, sometimes when you just got to call it what it is, bullshit is bullshit. That's just the way it is. Well, that's what's going to happen because you're going to find out more officers are going to look at it. Let them pass it and say it goes from reasonable to necessary. And when the officer gets on a call and the guy takes off, after he didn't beat up his wife, his mother, robbed the old lady next doors, raped her, whatever, and the officer goes, "Well, it's not necessary for me to chase him." So, well, and and, and I mean, and, and Jeff, you've been through it too. I mean, you're chasing the guy with a gun, and he's running, and you shoot him in the back. They're going to say, "Was that necessary? Was it because we don't know what was going to happen down down the line?" Right. With that. And, or, he, and he missed you. So is it reasonable? Absolutely. But then they say, well, was it really necessary? And We're that's not what sure I mean. if it was necessary. Nobody is going to do anything. How, uh, how do you come to that standard in a court of law? And, and who gets to make the standard of necessary? Because then it's a re- now, is it necessary as according to the officer, like like the Supreme Court law, reasonable in an officer? What, what's, what's necessary in an officer? Guys, you have to understand this is huge. That one word that they're trying to change may not seem like a big deal. Oh, but, it's but, a big Deal. But it's absolutely, it's huge. Um, you guys want to go into the Mississippi officer yeah. after this? And, and, and this is kind of case in point right now. Um, I, I had mentioned, uh, I'm sorry, I just lost his name right here. Also, Officer Robert McKeithen um, with the Biloxi, Mississippi Police Department. 
who was ambushed, shot and killed, shot in the back, what, nine times, I believe, multiple times, just walking out to his squad car in the, in the, in the parking lot of the police station. And this just happened May 5th, just this week. Um, you know, unbelievable. I mean, just, we all get it. You know, we, we, we've all understood that, you know, we, we take, you know, we risk our lives all the time, but these executions, it's just unbelievable. And where's the stories? I, I did a search. Um, I did a CNN search on this one story. You know, they did one article on this. Um, Fox, I think, had five, and, and they had a couple opinion um, uh, articles out there on it also. And but where, you know, where's the protests on this? Where's people packing packing the courthouse and everything else? This and this is a white officer that was executed by a young black man, nineteen years old. Now, I personally think that the articles are fine. I think the articles on this this is how it should read on any shooting when it comes whatsoever. Just the facts. They didn't make a big deal that it's a white officer that was executed by a black man. But turn this around. And let's say um, that, that, that Officer McKeithen actually at the last second turned around and saw this kid coming and draws his weapon and shoots and kills this kid. What do you think those articles are going to read at this point? White officer shoots young black man in parking lot who allegedly had a gun. Yep. Now, you mean I know I'm first. And then you're going to have the, the family's going to be down there. Your activists are going to be down there. They're going to be protesting. I mean, we've had more than good shoots, you know, in our jurisdiction. And, I mean, just you had officers shot. They're trying to kill them. Bad guy gets killed. We're getting sued. Protests the whole nine yards. That w- That's exactly what will happen here. It's a complete one article on CNN of this veteran officer who's going to retire at the end of the year. You know, he got a medal of valor for for saving disabled kid. I mean, just, you know, family man. Been doing this forever. Gets executed in his car. One article. That's all we get. But we get something like this. The kid with the cell phone who's running from the police, you know, who's defying their orders, who comes at him with the cell phone acting like his gun gets killed. We got billions of articles. We're changing laws, everything else. What are we going to do to save our police? And the folks need to understand out there, Ambushes of police officers have gone up. By and large, the officer that gets killed has got 11 or more years on the job. So he's a veteran officer. It's not like this is a new guy who doesn't know what he's doing. For an ambush to work, first thing you have to have is surprise. So in other words, you have no idea. You haven't provoked this. You haven't done anything. And there is one thing I did see on television where the news people started talking right away about what would make this 19-year-old want to do such. And I'm like... Quit worrying about the crap, okay? The bottom line is a 19-year-old, for whatever reason, who cares? He has decided to commit murder. And he walked up behind a police officer, knew I can shoot you in the back and be on my way, and no one's going to catch me at least right this minute. He knows he's going to get caught and or killed. It's a decision he made. He was smiling when they walked him out of the squad car. Yep. I know he's yeah, trying to do. I think that's a decision he made a long time ago. You know, anytime he smiles while he's walking into the police station. Why was he at the police station in the first place? I'm waiting for my chance of opportunity. Yep. And 10% of the officers killed in this country are killed in an ambush. You know, it's they have no idea they're doing it. And 
folks, you have to understand, when these officers, and we're trained to think this way, you know any place can be an ambush. The officers that were killed in Blakus Lakewood, where they were sitting in a coffee shop trying to do police reports and one stand at the counter and one guy walks in, shoots the three at the table, one, two, three, and then starts a fight with the other guy, gets his gun away from him and kills him. One bad guy against four armed police officers who had no idea that they were about to be murdered. Element of surprise, everything. Element of surprise. So like I said, we know this as police officers, so we have this built into us and then we have to make these decisions Am I, is this kid that they were chasing and he jumps into grandma's yard, was he getting ready to turn around to kill you? I mean, there was another chase where the officers chased a guy and the dad and son turned around a corner, 90 degrees, stopped the van, get out. The dad, or I think it's the dad, he has a an M, M1, uh, no, an M14, and he shoots 14 times into the car and kills the officer. And the son still walks over and shoots him in the head. Okay? These are things that we train for. So on one hand, you got to be this warrior. And on the other hand, you can't make a mistake. You, you, you have to be perfect all the time. It's an impossible standard when you sit there and use the word necessary. Yeah. I mean, and this is just an absolute perfect example. And, and if you don't think that, that and why, why would a 19-year-old black man wanted to just kill a, a police officer, whether he was white, but he could have just been the first cop he shot. That's why I said I had no no problems with how the article was written. I think all articles should be written the way this one is, just the facts. If a police get in a shooting, it should just be police shot this man because of this what happened and leave the whole race thing out of it and the motivation and everything else because guess what? That has absolutely nothing to do with any shootings that have ever happened by the police with you know in recent history anyway. Race never has anything to do with it whatsoever it's always the circumstances but who knows what would have happened if he would have caught this kid at the last second if he'd be getting prosecuted and at what point are you supposed to know when it's necessary to shoot somebody whether you shoot first or you lose your life i mean this is and this just makes everything worse and this is the, the, all the news media what, what did we cover a couple weeks ago um who was it that said uh you know the police are the enemy of the black man or or something of that nature oh yeah that was up at jesse smollett's thing yeah um, I mean, and, and this media that has just has made made the police the enemy. They that's made this okay. I, I think it's I think it's getting better. Hopefully, that at least the president of the United States, you know, isn't pushing this anymore. Like the old, I can't remember the old president's name, but like he was pushing against the hatred of police officers anyway. Hopefully, it's getting a little bit better. But you still having these ambushes. So, but this goes back. That part of it goes back to the the intentional. Two sides trying to keep us divided into our little camps, and there's no reason for it. We're all in this country together. We're all trying to do the things that are best for our family and to make ends meet. Now, there's evil out there. Those people are just going to be evil, and there's nothing you can do about it. Whatever this 19-year-old kid's problems was with the police, it didn't come to the level of even thinking about killing somebody. But there'll be people out there who will justify it. Well, he was this, or he was that, or he... No. The bottom line comes down to, if you're told by the police to stop, stop. If the policeman turns his red lights on, pull your car over. Treat him with respect. He or she will treat you back with respect, and everything will go just fine. If you're not happy with what happens, go down to the station. God, they love to investigate us. They investigate us for everything. You could almost fart in a restaurant and get an investigation on you. Wait a minute, that did happen to me. Yes, it did. (laughs) 
And it wasn't a restaurant. It was, in it, was, it was a classroom. I'm sure, it was that a was classroom. A, I'm sure that was a felony investigation also. Well, it was. Been around you in some bad times. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. it wasn't my fart, so I was good. I was, I was exonerated. Oh, that's what they said anyway. So, Well, I guess we can probably segue that into, so now that we've done all this talking about how crazy Fornia and trying to come up with these ludicrous gun laws and everything else and the ambush and officer, we can talk about another case that came out of crazy Fornia. Um, where was this one at? Anaheim. A high-speed chase in Anaheim where uh, officers fire 76 shots at the suspect, killing him uh, from a moving vehicle. We're going to queue up that video for you right now. This is, this is pretty unbelievable. Southbound West, failed to yield. Give us some distance, dude. Give us some distance. He's got, I think he's got a gun. 417 out the window. Dude, give I'm us some. Give, dude. No. Northbound alley, 998 already. at us and then at himself both officers 998 so far code 4 we are eastbound water right, uh, hold on hold on Citron, too much traffic here buddy don't take a shot don't take a shot okay, people okay, in front okay. of us people in front of us alright I'm low on ammo do you have a 9? yes give me one Watch the house. Watch the house. People are going to come out. We're back. We need medics. 
Jarvis. Let's do that again. <laughs> that was great. Oh my. All right. If okay, I don't even know what to say. Um, I guess if shit like that was happening every single day in California, I could understand the laws. <laughs> Pretty sure that wasn't necessary. That, <laughs> that uh, was, just doing their job. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> We're I, stretching reasonable completely way out of sorts. <laughs> That was a little unnecessary, I you think. You don't know what started this, so don't <laughs> say it was unreasonable. Okay, well, let's let's give a little... Let me do a little background on this anyway. So this was 9.30 in the morning is what time this started, and uh, the officers were dispatched to a residence on a man who had ingested an unknown drug, was hallucinating, and armed with a knife and gun inside his Chevy truck. So as you saw in the video, the officers arrive on scene. You know, they order him to stop. He drives off in the truck. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I don't think it said Maybe in the article or a gun at him. if they said something about if he was pointing a gun at him as they were driving and all this, but okay. All I can say, and I think it's pretty safe that we can say from our experience, we've all been in high speed chases, multiple high speed chases with people in the vehicles that are armed. Um, and we have never done this. I've chased people who've aimed guns at me, and I've never had the thought that I would start shooting while driving. Like, if you're in the country, maybe I can see one officer shot. Well, I guess the combined, they shot 76 times through a subdivision at 930 in the morning with cars, kids, people, everything else. I mean, God only knows where these rounds can go. But I'll tell you what, though. I'll bet you anything that if you find out there was a, the guy who was driving the car was a 10 year veteran and the passenger was a rookie and this poor rookie, of course they fired the rookie cause he's not even off probation. So they just said, sorry, kid, you're gone. And that poor kid, he was pretty much at the whim of the 10 year veteran, because if you're sitting there with the guy with 10 years and you're the rookie and he's sitting there telling you to shoot at the car, you're, I don't care who you are. You're probably going to start shooting at the car. Um, and I'll bet you that anybody, I, if if this if this would have been necessary, <laughs> that the the 10-year veteran did a hell of a job. I mean, he, the guy That's was all. the guy was calm. I mean, he was calling it out. He's driving. He's shooting. He's changing mags, even after they get out of the car and they continue their barrage of fire at the vehicle. And he's watching his back. I mean, he's got his wits about him the entire time which a lot of times you get these shootings, people are just, I mean, their their, their mind is frozen at the end of it. And, they, and this guy, I, but oh my God, I just watched this and I'm like, okay, well, everything we were talking about before and you see something like this, um, right now I think he's just he's just suspended, I think, pending this investigation. And, and granted, we don't know if he was pointing the gun back at him, if they thought he had shot at him. This, I don't know. We're just watching the video like everybody else. 
And I was just beside myself watching this. Well, and you hear the one officer saying, give us some distance. Because they say he's whatever their 10 code was for it, but he has a gun. And I believe it's the rookie who says, give us some distance. And it's the senior guy, the driver, if that's the way they break out. But it's the driver officer who's just like, I'm going to have none of that. No, we're going to go get him. And I'm like, okay, you know, I, I give you an A for courage and I give you an F for tactics, common sense, following your training. I mean, every bullet you shoot is going somewhere and it's going to hit something or someone and you're responsible for all of them. If anybody wants to come across one that condemns high-capacity magazines, this would be a good shooting to sit here and say, yeah, sometimes maybe more bullets isn't all that great a thing. But it really just comes down to this. Is it legal to shoot at someone who's aiming a weapon at you? Absolutely. So probably in the legal sense, is he legally right that he could shoot at this person? Absolutely. By his department's training, I'm just going to have to assume that no, uh, no, knew they were going to be like, "Are you?" Did your reaction when we started this? Are you <laughs> kidding me? I don't even want to be the sergeant rolling up on this oh, thing, going, God, are... "You started where, and we did what to who to where?" And then when the other guy says, "Hey, what are you? Are you shooting a nine? And he goes, "Yeah, give me a magazine." The answer to that is no. <laughs> no. There are 67 rounds unaccounted for. <sighs> I mean, I'm just, by math, he was hit nine times, I'm yeah. sure somebody. Yeah. If there was somebody in the bed of the pickup truck with an AR shooting at them as they were driving, this Create was some distance. completely, completely necessary. Completely necessary. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, and I believe me, I'm, I never bad talk these officers ever in these shootings. And well, you know, you kind of, you don't know from their vantage point. Wow. This one just, I don't, I don't know what to say after that. But other than the guy did a hell of a job, if it was necessary, he, I I would want him, you talk about the warrior mindset. You want that guy to go to war with you down the middle of a residential neighborhood. I'm not out in the desert. Maybe. Yeah. You want that guy with you in Afghanistan. I'm not quite sure in Anaheim. Where you can clearly tell him all the bad guys are over there. There, you just shoot that way because you're real good at that part. Other than that, hell of a job. Because there, there is a case that I know about where a highly trained officer ends up firing a couple rounds and ports the window with his AR and they're chasing, but they're out in God's country and it's in the middle of the night and there's the chances of anybody else being around or next to none. And he was making conscious decisions and it was aim, fire all the time. This guy is pointing the gun in the general direction of a big white truck and saying, let's go, yeehaw. Now, does it look like fun in a kind of comical sense if this wasn't real life? Yeah, but in real life, you're like, oh, my God. I probably would have turned my squad or gone the other way, been like, uh-uh, no, you're not shooting me. This is great training footage. Oh, heck yeah. And, that, and that's a huge thing, too, when it comes down to all these things. I mean, we're all proponents of training, and that's what a lot of the larger departments actually don't get. It'd be interesting to see how much training they do get, because we're a very well-trained officer. And and I was going to bring this up on the other segment. We are talking about the California laws. Um, give body cams a chance. 
um, and, and the training laws because I know departments are putting a, putting a lot more emphasis on training with with the problems at Baltimore PD, Chicago PD, all these other large police departments, and they are starting to get better trained. You are starting to wear body cameras right now, which I think is, you know, if you're bad apples out there, it is policing them. Uh, you are able to actually see what happens on these cases. Before you start doing these insane laws and, and, and trying to change wording and everything else that puts officers at risk, give training a chance. Give these body cameras a chance. And I, I think it'll, it'll take care of itself and, and turn itself around. Anyway, well, we would like to thank everybody for, for listening to us today. You can also catch us at Cop Talk America on, on the Twitter. That's a, that's a social app thing. Pitt on the radio. And, and Bobby. Yeah, that's not on the radio either. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook, which you won't find on the radio either. Mm. Anyway, check in with us next time. Thank you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God.